Welcome to C-Suite Radio. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Brett Allen Show. Our guest today is the wonderfully talented Christine Lakin. She is an actor and director, movement coach. She's a theater person. My goodness, she has just done so many things. And you would probably remember her from the 90s TGI Friday hit show Step by Step, starring Patrick Duffy and Suzanne Somers. She was a part of that show. She played Al Lambert. And uh, yeah, it was a fun show. TGI Fridays was back in the day when television was different. Friday nights, there were other shows, Full House, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Blossom. It was all part of this package deal where you got all these amazing family shows. It was something that we looked forward to and we did as a family. Streaming didn't exist and this is how we watched television. But we caught up with Christine and uh, we talked about what she's been involved with. The Goldbergs on ABC as well, which... Kind of brings her full circle. So many other things, being a mom, what pandemic life has been like for her, and so many other things. Head over to BrettAllenShow.com for all of the latest episodes. More fantastic content like this coming down the pike. Thanks for listening. If you're brand new, welcome to the show. Again, head over and check out all of our fantastic celebrity interviews. Folks like Howie Mandel, Lisa Lampanelli, Tommy Davidson, Eric Roberts. My goodness, the list goes on and on. We have some even bigger names coming soon. So enjoy today's episode with the talented Christine Lakin. You're listening to The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast. Have you subscribed to this show yet? I've tried bribes. I've tried gifts. You should. It's absolutely free. I even sent him some pet oxen. Now back to the show with your host, Brett Allen. Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished. A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, (gasps) television, comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Christine, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me, Brett. Well, I'm excited because, first of all, when I saw you pop up on Instagram, I was like, no way. This is pretty cool. And I was reading through your bio, and I think it's just funny because it's like one of the biggest Easter eggs that a celebrity can have as far as letting people know what you've done and what your past experiences. One of the lines, I think it was probably your first TGIF crush, which I think is great. But we all know you from the television days step-by-step, and we'll get into all of that. But I was noticing as I was doing research and just kind of looking at all the things that you've done, that's where you got your start on that show with ABC. And now fast forward all the projects that you've done You are now with ABC again, doing the Goldbergs. How how great does that have to be for you to just have that full circle, so to speak, of 
of work and, and all the things that you've done? I mean, it's, it's a real blessing uh, and, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's not a job that a title that I take lightly. It's taken me a very long time to transition my career into directing um, better part of a decade. Um, and it was something that I always wanted to do. I think I, I've always been interested in behind the scenes. I mean, even when I was a kid, you know, we shot at Warner brothers, we had real film cameras. This is before the days digital. Um, and we had this incredible crew and they, we were a three camera show and they would let us get on the cameras. They would let us play with the cameras, learn the cameras. So you know, I think it's something that I've always been interested in, whether it was writing, directing, creating my own content. I mean, I've done all of those things. And um, so it kind of felt like a natural progression. But, you know, it's it, like with anything in this business, it, it's competitive because it's the greatest job in the world and everyone wants to do it. And even though you've done over 200 episodes of television, no one's just going to hand you the reins. Um, so you you almost have to prove yourself in a different medium. Uh, all over again. And I'm, I feel very grateful that my work on the Goldbergs um, really as a choreographer, I think lent that, that, um, you know, that opportunity to have, to have those people see me in a different light. And, um, and that was really, I mean, my start. So um, it is really strange in many ways that it's sort of full circle ABC, like all of that, but you know, it's like so much changes in this business and has changed so rapidly. Um, and, uh, and now I think we're really seeing kind of like a dawning of television. Again, there's so many outlets and so much content and it's kind of feels like the old days when, you know, the wild west of everybody making everything all the time. So it's you kind know, of exciting. yeah, you bring up a very interesting point because you're not the first to say that it's like the golden age of television that we know is, has is back because literally I was counting because I talk to celebrities and folks like yourself all the time. And everybody's always like, you know, if you want to do something, just create your content and put it out there. I mean, there's obviously YouTube, but there's like, I don't know. I think I counted like 12 different streaming services where you literally just have to put, you can shoot it on an iPhone and get it out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and your story is quite similar and successful like other celebrities. And, and I, you know, the term child actor is, I don't know how I feel about that, but somebody who started out in the business and has had continued success like yourself, there are others like you, Michael Fishman, he shared the same sentiments as far as like, just because you're on a seven, eight, nine season run of a show, just, and then you come back to the business whether it's a reboot or a retelling, that does not guarantee you as an individual instant success, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. you did it. We all know you from that, but it's not like, okay, here's Christine, you know, <laughs> we know her from this or that show. So let's just throw her the responsibility of, of directing or choreographing, right. you know, a multi-camera television show like that. It just, it's hard work, like you mentioned, right? There's just yeah, yeah, and I think there's a big misconception that you know because you were like successful with one show that you know offers just roll in that it's just a quite easy job, you know that you're rich and famous and your life is perfect. And like I think as we all know, like that's a complete fallacy. Yes. It's when you get off a TV show 
um, you are almost starting from ground zero again because you have not been auditioning for however many years. So no one knows you in town. Casting directors only sort of remember you from one thing and you've, you've essentially been kind of typecast. So as an actor, it's like, oh, right, she's 12. No, I'm not 12. I'm 19 now. You're 19? When, when did that happen? You know, you have to, as an actor, I had to reintroduce myself to the town. And I think there were a lot of people that when you say you were on a Friday night sitcom, they, again, it's like they think of you for one thing. And at the ta- that time, like in 1998 was when Step by Step ended. And that you're starting to see like the birth of the teen comedy. Yes. It's like American Pie, you know, Road Trip, uh, not Road Trip, what am I thinking of? Um, like Dude, Where's My Car? Like these are <laughs> yes, all those teen comedies that car. are coming out. And, you know, and the slasher movies and Scream. And I know you did last summer and all that stuff. And it was, you know, it was sort of hard to find my place in that because I was of the right age, but I wasn't necessarily the demographic that people were looking for. And uh, it was, so that was, that's just one example of like many my career have had of trying to ride that next wave of, you know, whatever it is. Um, And, you know, especially with like transitioning to another, another career. I mean, I, I really fell into choreography and that was the thing that was the bridge that gave me enough credibility to direct. And the way I fell into it was I've been a dancer my whole life. Um, I was doing that outside of step-by-step. I was like a competitive dancer as a kid. And when I, when step-by-step ended, I got involved with a theater company called the Troubadours here in Los Angeles. And quite frankly, this was just like my outlet. Like I needed to be with my people. I needed to not take acting so seriously. Every audition couldn't be just about like getting the job. I needed to be able to find a place with my homies where I could like have fun, work out, you know, work that muscle of acting that those comedy chops, like I loved live theater, but they needed a choreographer because we were like, you know, a bare bones theater company in LA. No one was doing it for the money. So I was like, well, I got, you know, I have dance experience and I know how to teach dance. And I just started doing it. And that led to me doing a bunch of stuff around town and I would get nominated for stuff. And it was just sort of this like, oh my gosh, like I have this other skill that I didn't realize was a skill. Um, and I started, my name started to get passed around in LA to do, to work with actors mostly. I mean, I'm, I'm choreographing, but I'm, I'm really working with actors and like big celebrities who quite frankly would come up to me. A lot of, a lot of actors would come up to me and say things like, I'm not, a, I'm not a dancer. Okay. I just want you to know, I, I, I don't know what this, <laughs> this thing is, but I, I, I'm, I'm not a dancer. And I would be like, oh yeah, no, no, I get it. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, what are we doing here? And the way that I would disarm and then sort of feel like, yeah, we'll try stuff. If it works, it works. But tell them we change it. I was so like easy going about it all. And I would get them to do things that I think they didn't even know they could do. And I would figure out what their skill set was quickly and kind of assess, okay, I know in my head what I have planned is not what they're going to be able to do. I'm going to change that. They're good at this. I'm going to try that. So you know, I did that for 10 years and the Goldbergs was one of my most consistent gigs. Um, I've started with those kids and, you know, when they were kids, now they're all adults. Um, <clears throat> but I did it on lots of different TV shows and movies. And, um, and I really was just watching directors. I was sitting behind the monitor all day, watching all of these series directors, film directors, and thinking to myself, I know how to do this job. Uh, and I, I think this is what I really need what I really want to be doing. So I've got to try to shift my mindset that way. So like I said, you know, it took a long time, took me like directing everything I could shorts for friends, 
um, sketches for Funny or Die. I wrote and directed and starred in a web series called Love and Lakin, which is on YouTube, but I sold it to Hulu. I went to New York Television Festival. Like people don't see the work behind all of it. They just think that it just sort of magically happens. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it was years and years of, 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 you know, four and 5 a.m. calls and going to wherever to sit behind a monitor for 12 hours and help people step touch. Yeah. And that's what the job called for. It is. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, you're correct. A lot of people don't get the idea of what goes into what you do. You know, choreography, there's a lot more to it. And you've been able to maintain a very successful career from the outside perspective because of all of the things that you've done and just your willingness, I think, to try a lot of different things and yet still be involved in the industry, quote unquote, just in a different light. And now you're directing, you're choreographing, and you're doing a lot of different things and you've just done really well at it. I mean, and people see your name, you're very welcome. And they recognize you from this or from that. You've done a lot of voice work. You've just done a lot of different things. And yet here we are still having this conversation decades later because you just, you've had that tenacity if that makes sense. And I think a lot of people don't think about that piece of tenacity that it really takes to stay relevant, so to speak, in an industry that is often mishaps for a lot of different things, a lot of negativity, especially in the last five years or more. And you also have been very successful and haven't wound up in the tabloids either for, you know, like something insane that somebody in your demographic as far as television might have. And I'm not speaking about anybody specifically, but you catch my drift. You know what I mean? Like you've avoided that. You have a family, beautiful family, and you just, they love it all and you're doing well. I want to ask you, like when you were kind of in the middle of that height of success, the TGI Friday type stuff, by the way, I'm sidetracking here. Patrika Darbo, I just interviewed her the other day. Oh, she's the best. Yeah, she's coming on. Well, we just interviewed her. And I told her you were coming on and we got into like a five or 10 minute conversation about her working with you. So she says, hello, by the way, I, before I She's forget, wonderful. she Thank is you. the best. Yeah. She <laughs> had a lot of amazing things to say. And in any case, my point is, is that you were experiencing all of this success and doing all of this stuff. Like, did you realize at the time kind of what was happening around you of just how popular you were and how popular that show was and just really like how it was setting the tone for what Friday night television would look like for up until even in this day and age that we're in right now. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I mean, as a short of it, you know, I, when I, so when I booked step-by-step Step, my family, we were living in Atlanta we moved there when I was six. Like I said, I was singer, dancer, actress. I was in theater companies. I sort of fell into the business. I, you know, people had told my mom since I was itty bitty, oh, you should get her into print, get her into commercials. And my mom is not a stage mom. My parents are not in the business. My dad is like an engineer. Um, my mom was, you know, left her job to take care of me. Um, so when we moved to Atlanta, uh, I had friends in a theater company and we just like started, you know, my mom, we went out for a couple auditions cause it might be fun. And then I just started to book and it was like all low 
vocals. So when the, I think for step-by-step came around, it was really random. And like, it felt really far out there to even consider making a, a demo tape, which by the way, back then you had to, was on like a full, like big old camcorder. And we went to some weird studio in the you <laughs> of know, course. midtown Atlanta and they taped it for me. You know, it was like a cable access type place. And uh, it was on these huge beta tapes. And anyway, um, and that was just so they could, you know, these producers could see me do something. Well, they they liked my tape. They uh, had a falling out with an actress that was supposed to play the role of Al Lambert. And I guess it wasn't going to work out. And they were kind of up against a wall. So I get home from school and they're like, I hear my dad's like, hey, they want to see you for this role. And, you know, if you want to do it, you fly out tonight to L.A. And I'm like, dad, I'm 12. I'm like, dad, that's crazy. Who flies across the country for a meeting? This is crazy. Like, it's never going to happen. I was just thinking to myself, like, no, it's nuts. Cut to, you know, my parents have never been pushy. They've never wanted me to be a star. They've never necessarily wanted me to be an actor. Um, But it's just who I am, right? And they know that. And they're very supportive. And my dad had a lot of frequent flyer miles. So he said, if you want to do it, it's there. And if you don't want to do it, it's totally okay. So long story short, I go, I get the job, the pilot, we, the pilot goes, the train starts rolling. I don't know anything about anything. All I know is that I was like a huge TGI fan already. And I feel like this is now I've peaked like I'm 12 and I've peaked. Um, because to me, this is like the greatest thing that's ever happened. I didn't know anything about fame. I didn't know anything about being recognized. I didn't understand the zeitgeist of, of what TGIF would become. Um, or my place in it. I mean, it was it was an eye-opening experience, I think, for both my mom and I. We moved to LA. We rented everything. We lived in an Oakwood. We didn't know if the show would go three episodes, five episodes, 10. Who knew? So we're just like living in this transient sort of like, you know, place. We get robbed two weeks in. I mean, it was, it, it was definitely like a, it was a, it was, yeah, it was just very eye-opening. And I think, you know, I, I give my parents a lot of credit um, because they never took away our life in Atlanta. I had a normal life. I went to a normal school, I had normal friends. Um, and I didn't stay in LA and try to like do movies. And I, I was just like, I had two lives. I had my life when I was working and then I had my other life when I was a kid. And I think that separation was really positive for me. Um, I never got caught up in my own success. I never really cared about my own success. I didn't think I got paid for my job. I loved doing it, but I'd always loved doing theater. And as we all know, you don't get paid a lot for theater. So it was never a thing to me. Um, and certainly, you know, as I guess, as, as I would go out, like, especially in Atlanta, I, I remember being with a friend and we wanted to go, I think, roller skating or ice skating or something. And I walked in, and I'm like looking around, we're like looking to see what we're going to do. And this huge group of kids recognized me and it became sort of like a quickly sort of like a mob scene. And I realized very quickly, I can't, I can't go ice skating anymore. Like that was oh. one moment where I was like, Oh, this is not, this is not going to happen. And like Angela Watson and I would go to the mall and sometimes we would shop together or whatever. And that also sometimes would, you know, cause she was very recognizable. She had long dark hair and like beautiful and you know, and then people go, oh my God. And then they look at me and go, oh my God. And that, you know, we had like a train of people following us from start awesome. to start. I mean, great. it was cool, like I said, but it was also like, oh geez, when you realize there are certain things that are like, 
you know, that you can't, you can't do for a while. Um, but there also was no social media. And I have to point that out because it's, it's a very different life now than it was then. There was Tiger Beat, Teen Beat. That was about it. And when I watch kids, like when I work on some of these shows that have young, I say young, they're younger than me, but they're, you know, kids who have like grown up with social media and now they are on shows and they're famous. It is a very strange responsibility almost to have. Uh, and I think a lot of pressure to put on yourself to project some kind of certain image. I mean, I just didn't have that. There was no digital cameras even really. So, you know, I think I was able to to be sort of protected in this kind of shroud of anonymity um, that was the early 90s. Yes. And what an amazing time the 90s was. Good Lord, I missed that. Right? My children or child will never know what that life was like. I just envision you walking through the mall, like <laughs> going to Hot Topic or Wet Seal, one of these crazy stores in the 90s, and you both just get mobbed. And you're like, what is this about? A couple of things that you point out, very true. I think a lot of it now is social media driven. And even when it comes to casting and picking people for shows, I understand that they look at social media following. That's like a small piece of the decision. It's not solely just based on strict talent anymore. There's other things. It could be good or bad, I guess. It depends. And secondly, if there was that in the 90s, I think it was good that you, it makes sense that you did so well with everything. And you, again, we joked about not winding up in this or that kind of tabloid because you just really were not self-aware of like what the success was. Like you kind of knew, obviously if people were mobbing to see you guys, but really it's not like you would be out today with your family and then they see you, we joke about Marshall's, but you know, someone snapping photos of you buying bed sheets or whatever, you know right. what I'm saying? Like it right. would just be a completely different world. And it's yeah. like, oh, Christine is shopping at Bed Bath & Beyond, TMZ waiting for you outside, you know, to ask you, why are you shopping there? Are you having money problems? No, damn, I love a good deal. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm normal like everybody else, you know, it's yeah. not uncommon. I was talking to another actress and she's like, yeah, I buy stuff on Facebook marketplace all the time. It's my favorite thing. And people totally, I was like, well, did you ever have any weird interactions? And she's like, never, because people don't really think about it. You know, very interesting to hear you share those stories. You've done so many different things. Clearly I'm going to ask is, is the movement part of your career, choreography, ballet, dancing, do you have, is that more of an affinity to that versus like just being in front of the camera or do you just enjoy? You know, I enjoy both. I do. And I think for a while though, I have to say, I think I was really burnt out um, sure. with acting and it wasn't just the acting part. It was more the, the business of auditioning and anyone who's an actor will understand what I'm talking about. Um, you know, I had two children in the last five years Um the idea, the thought sometimes of just even putting on makeup and trying to find something that didn't have, you know, spit stains on it, that I, I, my body was changing constantly and learning a bunch of lines. I have mo like mom brain, I'm exhausted and driving, trying to make myself look presentable and drive across town and sit in a waiting room for an hour with a bunch of other people. Like it's, I think I just had major burnout and I was like, I don't have passion for this anymore. And I'm more 
like resentful about having to take, take this time away from my kids. So it really took me kind of like, I don't know, I think segueing and making some very hard boundaries for myself um, and not trying to just people please and make sure that I'm like making everyone happy because that's what I did for so long in my life. My, since like I was a child making everyone happy and just like trying to like make sure everybody like liked my performance and liked me. And, you know, I had to really take a hard look at, you know, what is it that I want to do? And I think having been able to do that, I'm now in a place where, you know, if someone wants me to come in and read for something and it's, it sounds exciting to me, like I'm all about it. I, I have these like two separate brains. I have this create, you know, this creativity brain now of, of, you know, putting on these, these sort of masks of characters and, if it's fun for me and it feels like play, then that's that's the way I have to make it seem. That's the way it has to be for me. But the other side of me, like the directing brain, the choreography brain, it's a completely different thing. It's it's like putting a puzzle together, and you put it together without seeing the puzzle, and because you're reading a script, and then you're actually starting to make the pieces. And then by the end, you're like, okay, how does it all fit? Does it all fit? I hope it all fits. I hope it all fits the way I thought about it. And sometimes you're like, oh, that's not exactly what I thought. Hmm. I wonder if we change this and change that. Is there a better take of that? Oh, fits better. You know, and that's the editing process of it all. But I mean, that's like, that's a part of my type A brain that, that I just, it, I, it, it loves that kind of work. And so I don't know. I, it's just like two different sides of me. And I think it always will be. It's just the two different sides of my personality. So I have to say, like, I, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm sort of glad that I took a little break from, um, from putting the pressure on myself to continue acting, because I think it's made me remember how much I love it. That, that makes sense. I get it. Yeah. You're not out hustling, trying to, you know, promote, like, let's get a step-by-step reboot, you know, this crazy stuff that always, which that would be kind of fun, but I digress a little bit. <laughs> Maybe I do have a really good idea for one, but, um, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll keep that one under wraps. There we'll see what go. they do, you know, I'll direct know. it. If nothing else, I'm happy to come in direct. There it. you go. <laughs> I mean, with an age that we're in with all of this happening game shows, I mean, I think I say that jokingly, but really like you just have these precious moments in television you know, just the 10 of us, Full House. I think mean, all of these iconic yeah. Friday night shows, you know, I think Blossom was probably a bit later, but in any case, you've done so many different things. I want to shift gears and talk about, you're a mom, you have kids, you've got a normal life, you do all of these things. Do they have any interest in the industry? Do they know what, I mean, obviously the Goldbergs is probably a more current frame of reference for them, but do they know you from that era in the nineties and do they get it or are they just like most kids and are like, you know, I'm disinterested in, in that sort of thing. It's weird to see my mom on television. Yeah. I mean, my son's two and a half. So he's just like, of course he, he barely re- recognizes that he's like, he's alive in the world. Um, but, uh, I showed my daughter an episode of step-by-step maybe nice. like in March or April, like pandemic had just started. We were all at home, you know, or like, and I think my, I think I turned it on. Maybe my husband turned it on. I don't remember. And she was watching it and I was like, oh, this is a fun show. And I'm like almost beta testing her. I'm like, what do you think about this? And she's watching the roller coaster and she's kind of like jazz. She's sort of into it. And I'm like watching her watch me and I'm watching her and I go, do you know who that is? And she's like, like she, it's almost like she could tell it was someone she knew, but she couldn't figure it out. And then I told her it was me and she thought it was actually quite cool. And she thought it was pretty fun. I go, do you want to watch another one? She goes, 
nah. <laughs> Nothing to keep so, you more humble than like, okay, your right, children telling you, no, nah, no, no, we're good. I mean, I, people always say all the time, you know, my daughter, it just turned five and, um, she is, she has probably, she probably has the acting disease just like daddy and I, I mean, my husband is now a, a therapist, but we met doing theater and we both had this creative life. And, uh, she is, um, to anyone who knows her, she is very animated and very funny, but I don't like when people say, Oh, you should do that. You should get her into it. I think to myself, why, like, why in the world would I do that? And I mean, it not for me, I don't want it for her. And I don't know that she even knows if she wants it. So I'm just going to let it lie and I'm going to wait until she's begging me to please, I have to get on stage, mommy, or I'm going to die. You know, that is where I'm like, great. I'm happy to support you, but I have no interest in being a stage mom and I have no interest in taking her to auditions. I just, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to kill the joy, you know? And I, I'm just happy to see whatever, wherever she lands, whatever she wants to do, I'm just going to put it out there for her and you know, small town class type environments and, and let her, you know, leave me. So. Yeah, I think that's great advice, you know, and you don't want to force them into something because you and I say you not specifically you, but anybody projecting, you know, some sort of vision like, oh, let's do it this way. Because when I did it, it was completely different. And yeah, you have the memory of you know, being there and doing run throughs and then tape nights and that sort of thing. And all the hard work that goes into, you know, a three camera sitcom. And, and I think just listening to you, the fact that you had a normal life, again, I say this, I think kept you grounded in a lot of ways from my perspective, because you didn't have to experience all the minutiae, I guess you could say that goes along with being on television at a young age and then having a seven or eight season run of a show come to an end and then feel this, you know, pressure of, okay, now I have to figure out something else to do because what's going to be next. You know what I'm saying? And you're in this general idea or time of all these teen movies coming out in the late nineties and the two thousands, you know, and just having to struggle with that and figure out what am I going to do? Well, it's, it's great. I mean, it's a show I think that has stood the test of time and all the things that you've done. I mean, just going through everything that you've been a part of all the voice work, you know, I would bury the headline if I didn't mention that, you know, putting, you know, all these shows, Hollywood darlings, which was a lot of fun, you know, just kind of doing a, a art imitating life sort of thing, you know, as far as being an adult now in this world where you were once part of such an iconic piece of pop culture, the Goldbergs has to be fun for you as well. And your kids are at a great age too. Like I have a six-year-old, so I get it. You know, just watching that wonder and that joy of them discovering things and figuring things out and just kind of learning how they are, you know, as a, as a little human. I mean, that's just yeah. got to be the best part of anything that you do. It is. I mean, it's, it's, um, it, it's definitely the greatest and most challenging role I've had to date being a mom for sure. Being a working mom. Um, you know, I, the thing also that I'll say that I, I do love about directing is that, uh, I will have a couple of weeks that are really insane and I'm gone a lot. And with young kids, it is hard. 
um, and they miss me. And then I come home and I'm like back into full-time momming. It gives me that, that balance of being able to have my own career, have my own life, do the, the passion stuff that I love to do, but then also to, you know, dive right back into momming and not feel like, Oh man, I got to keep like, what's next. What am I doing next? I gotta, you know, gotta, like, gotta like hustle this career. Um, so it's, uh, it's been a really good balance. I mean, I tried, I try to tell my daughter now, like when she's like, why are you gone? Where are you going? And I'm trying to explain to her what it means to make the TV show, but you know, we're not quite there yet. She just knows that I help make the TV show, but she's not really sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think at that point and this point with their age, that's all they really need to understand. Yeah. I'm saying like, it's not like you're at home trying to, I mean, you might be sometimes with the Goldbergs, whatever, but you know, you're not sitting there yeah. stressing out, trying to memorize lines, you know, and all of that. And, hey, you know, let's work through this script together or that script. And right. it seems like you've just really created a great life as far as you're in the business, but you're not obligated necessarily to pursue something. You you have enough credibility where you can do things and you've earned your way to the top, I feel, to be able to direct and choreograph things, but yet switch roles quite easily, be a mom, you know, be a wife to your husband. And um, he's a therapist. That's got to be great. I mean, that's great. Or it could be (laughs) for the most part, it's great. Uh, (laughs) Or it could be, I don't know, during quarantine, it might not have been great. I don't know. (laughs) No, I mean, there were, there's, I mean, look, he's, he's definitely taken over our office. So that's, you know, we had a shared (laughs) office because he had another office he used to go to, but now he sees all his clients on zoom. So he's in the office. And then I had to basically move to the bedroom because I couldn't get anything done because I kept having to sneak in and out. I was like, I got a client. You got to get out. I would be like, like, listen, I was on TGIF in the nineties. He probably didn't didn't watch me. He didn't watch really. Me. So when he, he met out, you, no. he had no idea who you were outside of theater. Well, that's cool. He like knew that I was on some show, and it was like, okay, if you're on a TV show, like he's like, sorry, I didn't, I didn't watch it. We're almost the same age. He's a year older than me, but he's like, I was playing football every Friday night. And I was like, oh, okay, um, so like so he was very <laughs> non-impressed with me. If that makes any sense. Sometimes that's uh, the best, though. I think. Maybe. Yeah. No, it was great. I mean, I think it was actually. It, in some ways probably better because it sort of normalized our, our situation. And we were both like, you know, at the time we were both doing theater and we were both doing it for a dollar. And so, you know, there was never any like kind of weird hierarchy, I guess, in our relationship. Um, but yeah, you know, in terms of like all the different roles and stuff, it, it has, it has been a lot of, um, I think hard work to sort of get to, the positions to do, to, to have a, the opportunities to do the things I love, um, and B, to be able to make those decisions based on what, you know, what is exciting to me. But I will say, just like with anything, you know, every opportunity that comes your way is still, I, I don't just get handed stuff. Like I still, I'm still working for everything. Every directing job that comes in, it's up to me to do my research, to get on that call with those executives and to, you know, tell them why I can do this or what my vision of the show is or how I see it and how I work. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to just more, more so, I guess, now in my old age, I'm trying to focus on the journey. You know, I think I used to be so like goal oriented and not that it was a bad thing necessarily, but uh, I just, I, it's just gotta be fun. Like the journey's the thing. I mean, our life is so, is so fleeting. And if we haven't learned that this year, 
about our friends and our family who we haven't seen and just how precious, like the things that really matter are, then, I mean, what are we doing? I agree. And that is the perfect way to wrap up this conversation. And I mean, this has been a blast. It's been a blast from the past to (laughs) just be a part of uh, a piece of iconic pop culture and excited to see all the other things that you have coming down the pike and thank you all of these fantastic things i wish you and your family nothing but the best and and i think hopefully we're coming to the tail end of all of this and life will start to go back to somewhat normalcy christine thank you for joining me today i appreciate it of course brad thanks so much for having me that brings today's show to a close goodly do thanks for stopping by If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.